0: Well, Zach, I I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll.
1: You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. You can also read my work at auburnwire.com. I'm the editor there, part of the USA Today network. and it is uh, it's the final day of SEC Media Days, which of course, will be, uh, I think the highlight will obviously be Brian Harson, Nix, and Owen Papo talking um, talking about their season. And joining us today, Chris. Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, the Locked On uh, Goat. How are you, my friend? What's going on, Zach? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I hate I wasn't able to make it up to Birmingham to hang out with you guys this week. Sounds like you're having a good time, though. Yeah, you know,
0: it's long days. It's, it's a lot of waiting, right? You're sitting around waiting on radio row for coaches and players to arrive. You're sitting around in press conference rooms waiting. So, you know, it's there's a whole lot of waiting happening, but uh, the content we're getting is great. Some great interviews, and the SEC is loaded with some great personalities and talent this year, and it'll be a fun year.
1: As this comes out Thursday morning, a lot of folks listening will be anticipating um, Harson, Owen Papo, and Bo Nix's. Uh, you know what they have to say before we get to, to kind of the speculation around that. What have been the storylines that have stood out to you most? <laughs> Uh, in regards to uh, to media days, has it been the, the rumors about Texas and Oklahoma possibly
0: joining the SEC? Well, that was the big bombshell that came out late Wednesday afternoon. I mean, you know, up until that, it was a lot of COVID talk and, you know, just kind of trying to balance the season and getting back to some non-conference games and things like that. But I think we we're all kind of taken aback by the, the report from the Houston Chronicle that Texas and Oklahoma have both reached out to the SEC with interest of joining them. Now, again, I, I, I you know I've done a couple of interviews kind of talking about this already. I keep cautioning people like that's all we know. All we know is Texas and Oklahoma have reached out. Yeah, we don't know we don't know if the SEC has said, hey, sounds good, come on over. We don't know if the SEC has gone, nah, we're good, fourteen's fine. Like we don't know any of that. But it does seem like the discussions have been had. We were able to uh, catch up with. Greg Sankey, he was making the rounds on Radio Row as this report came out. And I bet he loved like every, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, every national reporter comes hovering around him. And so I jumped into the scrum. I mean, you're talking uh, everybody from uh, Barrett to Lee to, I mean, just every national reporter that yeah. you can think of, uh, Dennis Dodd. I mean, they're all just hovering. And, you know, they we they were basically told, uh, yeah, I mean, you can try to follow Greg Sankey as he goes from one station to the other and ask him. And I believe it was Dennis Dodd said, what would the attraction of expansion be? You know, very generic question. And Greg Sankey gave the answer that he's kind of given in all these interviews that he's done since the news broke is that, gentlemen, I'm just focused on the 2021 season. So (laughs) that's where we are with the expansion talk. I know some of the other conferences, Oklahoma said they were going to release a statement. Texas said they would release a statement, all this. The intriguing part about it is, Texas a and joined the SEC to get away from Texas. They wanted to get away from the Big 12. They wanted to create their own identity. Because Let's be real. Texas, you know, when, when all the talks were, were starting about the SEC network and all this, Texas had already launched the Longhorn Network. They said, forget you guys in, in the rest of the conference. Like, we're doing our own thing. The SEC said, no, we're coming together as a group. We're going to split the revenue and all that. So, I don't know, is Texas willing to give up the Longhorn Network? I can't imagine the SEC would be okay with them continuing to have the Longhorn Network. So that would be a big, you know, something really big that the Longhorns would have to give up in order to join a conference like the SEC. So yeah.
1: see. it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. And then, of course, you know, from an Auburn perspective— does that then move Auburn to the East, or would the SEC be ridiculous and it's like, okay, Oklahoma, you go to the East, and uh, Texas, we put you in the West?
0: Yeah, well, I was just talking with a, a couple of Alabama guys who, who do radio down there, and they they were saying they would want either Alabama or A&M to join the East. They're fine. They don't care which one. They just want one to join the East because, uh, in his words, I hate going to that godforsaken place every other meaning (laughs) Auburn so uh yeah I mean it would make sense I mean you know Auburn's more more east so maybe they would move over to the east I don't know how it would break up and obviously you you jeopardize some of your great traditions and you know does the Alabama Tennessee game continue on if both of them are on the same side so I don't know how it would all work but um Yeah, I guess you'll figure all that
1: out in time. Yeah, yeah. I I love the idea of it. I've been pro-Auburn moving to the East for a while. I know um, before he passed, Coach Pat Dye was very adamant. Uh, He led the charge. A lot of off-season talk, you know, for several years over, you know, the dog days of summer about how Auburn should move to the uh, the SEC East. And, you know, who cares if you lose rivalry games every now and then? You got to do what's best for the program and – you know, there's, there's definitely Auburn fans be like, "No, no, I, you know, I, I don't care if we keep losing to Alabama, Georgia consistently. We still need to play them every year because that's how you get better." And I'm like, "Maybe, maybe." I definitely think you can make arguments both ways, um, but yeah, super, super interesting there. As far as uh, as far as you know, waiting for Auburn folks uh, to hear from Coach Harson, Bo Nix, and Owen Papo, seems like a lot of folks have talked about how well really. Chris, I've been surprised how low a lot of folks are on the Auburn Tigers this year. Yeah, it's,
0: um, you know, I, I've kind of said it all week. I think Tennessee and Auburn, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not putting Auburn as low as the Tennessee ranks. They're, they're not, you know, Auburn's in a much better spot right now than Tennessee. But I, I think just like expectations for year one with Brian Harson and, and, of course, with Josh Heifel, I think is just you want to see improvement. You want to see you want to see signs. You want to see signs of what's to come, what's in the future. And, you know, maybe some Auburn fans might say, well, look, if Bo Nix does take that next step in his improvement, like we've been waiting on and, you know, the defense plays better and Derek Mason's a really good DC, got a really good secondary, you know, there's a chance that maybe that it could, you know, things could elevate and and, and Auburn could compete in the West this year, meaning, you know, maybe they give Alabama a game and LSU and A&M we'll see. But, um, you know, if not, I think, you know, I, I threw it out to a couple of Auburn guys earlier. I said, would you take eight wins right now? They said, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I think of all the people I've talked to, Tony Barnhart, um, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, SEC experts, if you will, along Radio Row these last couple of days, I've asked all of them, of the four new coaches, who are you most optimistic about? Every one of them said Brian Harson. So if that's a, a positive sign for Auburn Nation. I don't know
1: what is. Yeah, and I was listening to your show, Locked On SEC, of course. Wherever you uh, get your podcasts, you ranked and kind of went through all of the different newcomers, which you know there there are a handful, and and I agree with you. Your take was, if I remember correctly, Harson's got the best chance to win the most games, you know, among all the new coaches in the conference, and. Is that a Harson thing? I mean, is there anyone that Auburn could have hired where that wouldn't have been the answer? When you look at the new SEC coaches,
0: well, I, I think the problem is we like we just don't know, right? I mean, I, I've said that to, to people, uh, you know, ever since the hiring. For anybody who on on the day you found out Brian Harson was hired by Auburn, if you said I love the hire, absolutely love it, you don't know. If you said Man, I hate this hire.
1: This is terrible hiring. You don't know. I, I, mean, had, to, when, I had to look him up, Chris. I'm going to be 100% <laughs> honest with you. I had to look him up. Like His name's. Like I knew he was at Boise, but I, I didn't know anything about him.
0: Yeah, and keep an eye out for those people. Anybody who jumps to me and goes, oh, I love this hire. Really? Why? Because you Googled his name real quick? Like, come on. So I, I think, yeah, we're like the proof is in the pudding. we got to see what he does in the SEC. He's never coached in the SEC. So let's see what he does as a head coach. But I will say, and, and Tony Barnhart cited this and said, he has hired two really great coordinators. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Mike Bobo fan, but Tony was. Uh, I think Derek Mason can be a really good defensive coordinator. In fact, I think that's what he was made to be. He wasn't a good head coach. He's a really good D.C. So, um, I, you know, look, the, the, the schedule is, is is what it is. The, the trip to Penn State looms large in week three. Right. I think, man, if they find a way to gut out a win there, and I'm not fooling it out, right? I mean, it's not like James Franklin has made Penn State this – ridiculous uh, force. You know, they, they've lost games that they shouldn't have lost the last mm-hmm. couple of years and kind of underachieved, in my opinion, for a team like that that has all their resources. So if Auburn can find a way to eke out that win and you're 4-0 going into going into Baton Rouge, who knows, man? I know it's been, what, nearly 20 years since Auburn has won in Baton Rouge, so that's going to be a tough one. But if, if you can build a, a little momentum and you're 4-1, Come home for Georgia. Who knows? It's a rivalry game. I know Georgia's loaded, but you know injuries happen, and we'll see. And then you know the road trip to Arkansas is, is winnable. The road trip to South Carolina definitely definitely winnable. Road trip to College Station, um, you know, could be. We'll see what a And M's like at that time. And like I said, a lot depends on where Bo Nix is in his development. Is he setting the world on fire? Is he among the leaders in the SEC passing wise? Um, you know, or does he not need to be? Because the running game is so good. Everybody um, along Radio Row is absolutely in love with Texas. Uh Connor O'Gara from Saturday Downs South said he's putting him on his on his first team. You know, all SEC running backs. He thinks he is going to have a big year. I love Sean Shivers as a complimentary back. I think we we don't talk enough about him and what he can do. So again, it's a locked on Auburn convolut- athlete. By the way, <laughs> there you go. It's a long convoluted way to come back around and say. Would it surprise me if this team won nine games this year? No, I mean I think
1: they've got they've got the talent. It's just how quickly can they adjust to the coordinators and the new system under Harson? You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at RockAuto.com. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need for your car, truck, or SUV. You can save time and money by just going to rockauto.com, whether it's on your smartphone or your computer. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you are. Rockauto.com is the way to go. Rockauto.com, head there right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked On Auburn in there. How did you hear about his bots? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Gordy, uh, you know, I, I'm talking myself more and more into to Auburn winning at Penn State. That's a game that, like, I've been kind of high on Penn State as far as that specific matchup, but as we get closer and closer to it, and, you know, you made some comments, you know, in the last segment there, I'm starting to lean more towards that direction. The LSU game, and I know you're an LSU guy, but, like, for some reason, Gordy, I am just so obnoxiously high on Auburn in that game. There are several games this year where I'm not. But for that one, for some reason, I think, all right, 20 years later, it's time. It's finally time. I think this is the year that happens. And then, you know, a and I think, is a big question mark. Georgia's probably a no. Alabama's probably a no. But the team, Gordy, that I'm just not really getting it, but a lot of other people, and you know, I've listened to a lot of different uh, folks throughout, you know, this week on, uh, you know, at SEC Media Days, Old Miss is kind of the team where a lot of people are like, "Yeah, they're third in the West." That's just kind of how it is, and I just I don't see it. I don't really see them putting it all together.
0: Yeah, I think it's a lot to Lane Kiffin. Like uh, now I'll reference my, my conversation with Tony Barnhart again. He said if you ask if you ask people on you know Ole Miss fans what they want last year, he said they'll tell you they want you know nine and one or eleven and one. He goes, "That's their feeling." Uh, in Oxford because uh, Kiffin's brought some excitement. It's a lot of passing yards. Matt Corral, they run the ball well. The offense is great. But man, are they they ignoring how historically bad the defense was last year? I mean, they ranked second to dead last in all of college football. You know, for 530 yards of offense a game. Is that something going to improve in one year? It could get better. But like, light year's better? I mean, you know, none of those guys that they had uh, years ago are, are, are going to walk through that door and make that defense better. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think people like Lane Kiffin because he's, he's likable. He makes jokes. He pokes fun at things. He's very active on social media. And so it's easy to like them. And so it's easy to say, oh, yeah, Ole Miss is going to be much better this year. Well, Corral is a great quarterback. I mean, he, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, let alone the country this year, coming back for, for a ton of yards. But we're going to ignore the the five and six interception games he had last year, like the guy is flawed at times. So, um, you know, that's where I think the, the Auburn secondary can, can come into play and, and, and make some, you know, force corral into some mistakes. But, yeah, I, I don't – you know, that, that I'm just simply explaining the love for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss and the hype that they're getting. But this isn't going to suddenly be like a nine- or ten-win team. The Rebels, no, no chance.
1: I'm right there with you, and, and and I'm glad that you say this because I feel like I'm in crazy land, and maybe I am. But this is a guy that it took him forever to beat out John Rice Plumley, and nothing against John Rice Plumley, but it, it's just it took him a long time to really secure that starting job.
0: Yeah, it, it did. And again, like I like the kid. I, I interviewed him this week, and yes, you know, on lockdown On SEC, but. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got his flaws and, and at times he was the beneficiary of a really good ground game. I mean, people don't, don't realize Ole Miss led the SEC in rushing last year. Keep in mind, I'm not saying one running back did because, you know, Kevin Harris did from South Carolina. We know Mm -hmm. how good Harris was at at Alabama, but as a group, Ole Miss was the leader in the SEC rushing the ball last year. So um, yeah, I mean, they've got the, they've got the pieces to, to be able to maybe do that again this year, but Man, I think they're going to miss Elijah Moore a lot as a yeah. receiver. Um, you know, the, you don't just lose guys like that and go, oh, no, we'll be fine. I mean, I mean, weapons like that hurt. And I know they're going to try to move John Rice plumly around and use him out of the backfield, and in the slot, and all over. And I, I, don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But, you know, is Corral going to have a good year? Yes. But will that translate to wins for Ole Miss? No.
1: You're listening to Locked on Auburn. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action you can get in the game, even though really the only thing going on now is baseball. But a lot of future bets up there for college football, for NFL. Get in on the action ahead of the game at betonline.ag. Head over there, make a free account. And when you deposit money into said account, use promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on to get 50%. Uh, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Gordy, final few minutes um, as we hang out here together. And I really appreciate your time. What are you expecting? The vast majority of folks are going to listen to this Thursday morning before Brian Harson, Bonix, and Owen Papo um, talk. What are you expecting from those guys? What can they do to kind of impress the SEC, fire up the Auburn fan base? What do you expect to go down there?
0: Well, my first thought, Zach, is that the uh, the news of the expansion is going to take over a lot of the headlines. Yeah. Throughout Thursday, so maybe Auburn, is a little bit of a break there. From uh, you know, hey, Bo Nix, your numbers were this, this, and this. Um, you know, obviously, well, Brian Harson, there's going to be a lot of intrigue into what he has to say because, at least nationally and across the SEC, a lot of guys have, or a lot of folks have not been able to hear him and what he has to say and. I've joked about this before, but you know, Harson. I don't care what he sounds like, he's going to be light years better than listening to Gus Malzahn talk because it was like <laughs> watching paint dry. I mean, it, it just was. Nothing it may the be guys,
1: similar, but. actually, <laughs> and some Auburn fans are going to be mad, but like, there may not be that much of a difference. Yeah, no, I, I mean, again, I we'll, we'll see, but uh, you know, hopefully he brings a
0: little bit of excitement, but you need that in the SEC. I mean, look, everybody likes Mike Leach and, and, and guys like that, but Mike we might get fired after this year if he wins four or five games. Right. So, you know, it's not all it's about the pizzazz and excitement. And, right. and Gus I won a lot of games at offer without having much of a personality. But, no, I mean, I, I think a lot of attention is going to be to Bo Nix. All, all the quarterbacks that have come this week, and, and there really is only three, JT Daniels, Matt Corral. Both those guys garnered a lot of attention on their media day. So I think there's going to be a lot of attention paid to Bo Nix. And I think a lot of people kind of turn up the heat on him saying, hey, man we heard all these great things about you, you know, uh, freshman of the year in the FCC and you didn't take that big step forward last year like we saw, and you had three ridiculously pass-catching weapons that, you know, utilized at times but maybe underutilized, and so, you know, you lose all of them. Obviously, you're going to need big names to step up to meet Robertson helps, but, you know, can can we see Bo Nix, the, the guy that we all expected to see, take that next step? And, you know, when we read, uh, Palmer saying that oh Bo Nix can be a first round draft pick. Well, show it, man. We got to see it this year.
1: Right, right. Yeah, and, and I'm sure the the narrative with Bo is going to be vastly different than the narrative with the other guys because the other guys you know ended the season pretty strong last year. So that's going to be fun to see how Bo responds to that. Um, I don't think we're going to get hardly anything about you know anything from Harson, but maybe we will. Maybe we'll. I mean, I think well, we'll. I think we'll get the whole. You know, I'm pumped to be in the SEC. Kind of things is totally different. This is uh, this is great. Not in the Mountain West anymore. But I think that's about it. And Owen Papo, like he's a good uh, he's a good interview. But I just I don't know what storylines are around Owen Papo other than hey Derek Mason. That's going to be fun, right? And and I think that's going to be about (laughs) it.
0: Well, I'd like to hear from him. Just you know, from from the guys that are coming back. um, You know. Their feelings about this defense this year. We're getting, you know, Zacobe McLean, Roger McCurry, Smoke Monday, all those guys coming back. Um, you know, Tony Fair, the transfer coming in, Sean Miller, Donovan Kaufman, who's a graduate of my high school, Archbishop Rumble in, in New Orleans. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm liking the, the transfers. I, you know, I just want to hear a little bit of excitement. I mean, you know, I was reading the magazine the other day and I said big losses for Auburn, KJ Britt. I'm going, wait, KJ Britt missed. You know, half the damn year. Like, right? Is, is, is that that big of a loss for a guy who didn't play barely? So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just I'm interested to hear what Owen has to say about all the guys who did decide to come back. And you know, maybe some of these preseason magazines and all that are Auburn defensive line, I could be a little bit sneaky. Maybe they're they're under um you know a little bit under the radar in some
1: people's eyes. Right, right. And you know, I, I think Auburn's defensive backfield is. I think you can make the argument that they're the, the best in the conference. So I, I like to hear um, Owen's thoughts on that. And, you know, you mentioned guys coming back. Roger McCreary really surprised me when he was coming back. But, yeah, I think they've got a lot of talented dudes behind him. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun for sure. Gordy, where can people uh, find all of your coverage, all of your interviews and conversations uh, from uh, media days? Yeah, just watch it
0: on SEC.com is the easiest way. Or you just uh, type. Type in, uh, you know, search Locked on SEC, wherever you find your podcast. We've had a bunch of great interviews. My, my head is spinning. We've had so many great interviews this week. And I uh, yeah. try to put it all together into one podcast. I think uh, Tuesday's show was almost an hour just simply because <laughs> we had so many interviews and so much content to put in there. But uh, I, I do have to give a shout-out to Vanderbilt. Uh, we were able to catch an interview with a player from every school so far Except for Vanderbilt, nice. They brought one. They brought one player down the Radio Row. He did one hit on a Tennessee station, and they said, "No, no, no. That's it. That's all we're doing." Clark Lee came down to do a national hit, and when we asked, Can, "Is Clark Lee doing any hits?" They said, "No, he's not. We're getting out of here." So Vanderbilt, when you don't win any games, uh, you maybe maybe you want to look for some good PR. They're not looking for the good PR. They were just looking to get the heck out of there. Look, well, okay, it's his first year, Clark Lee. Hopefully, they'll learn their lesson, and next year Vanderbilt will open up. But yeah, it's looking like Vanderbilt will be the only SEC school that we didn't get an interview with, and that's just because they didn't make their players available. No figure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Media folks remember that. So when they go after Clark Lee come November, uh, I'm not going to feel bad for him at all. But, hey, we'll see. Maybe he'll surprise us. Maybe that's the secret, Gordy. Maybe that's how uh, he's going to turn <laughs> Vanderbilt around, <laughs> just shut everything down. Well, doing what they've been doing has not been working. Yeah, so there you go. Should should help. <laughs> there you go. Gordy, thank you, brother. Thanks, Zach. Exactly. Thank you so much to Chris Gordy. You know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow will be a Ferg Friday, and we will recap everything that Brian Harson, Bo Nix, and Owen Papo said on Thursday. Perfect way to wrap up this week. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlack. We'll be the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And once again, all of my written work is at AuburnWire.com. See you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.